Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Okay, well, I think we're good. I think we're rolling here. So welcome to the podcast or my podcast, I guess. Um, really appreciate you taking time out to chat with me. And I don't know where this conversation is going to go. I do have a lot of questions and topics that I did write down because you sparked my curiosity a little bit. But uh, I guess maybe we should start off, Susan, for you to kind of give it just a brief background of, you know, I guess what you got going on. And then we'll just get the thing rolling from there. How about that? Sounds perfect. But first of all, thank you for having me on your show. This is wonderful. Great. Um, okay, a little bit about me. So um, I, I tend to go by Susan Jane, the intuitist. Now, an intuitist is like a mentalist, but the mentalist does all the thoughts and thinking. The intuitist does all the feelings and the emotions. So we, we tend to sort of focus on that side of it. But I do like to talk about everything intuition. And, and I have learned through my experiences that we do actually do have the two bodies, the physical and the spiritual. Now, um, I've read about that. I've read Wayne Dyer's book and and, uh, um, Eckhart Tolle and quite a few books that talk about the two bodies or the two areas, but um, I'm a little bit of a theory tester, so I like to test the theories. And um, I tested this theory, which was quite interesting. Um, and I've also got an understanding of it from past experience as well. So three times I've left my body. Uh, the first time during a violent pack rape where I left my body and was watching it happen. The next time was almost 12 months to the day of that. And it was a near-death experience where I passed out and had to be revived um, with an adrenaline shot while I was at work. And the third time was my theory testing. So I actually tested the theory to see if we actually can leave our body, if the spirit can leave the body and what does that mean? So knowing that we have these two bodies gave me the opportunity to understand what intuition is. And for me, intuition is the communication, basically, between the spirit and the physical. That's the simple okay. Okay. <laughs> rundown. I have a lot of questions that were popping up as you were talking. So. Um, so I guess also if you want to explain intuition could be something just like kind of knowing something without just having any reasoning behind it. Does that kind of make sense too? Yes. Well, when I, cause that's, that's the first reasoning I got when I was looking okay. at intuition, it was like, yes, it's a knowing, but where do we get that knowing from? Where does that knowing come from? Cause it's not coming from necessarily the physical aspect of us because we're getting knowings that we don't 
physically we may not have ever, ever experienced before physically. So these knowings are coming from our spirit and that's what I call that intuitive messages coming through. So the spirit sending through those intuitive messages and we get them as one of the ways we get them as a knowing. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go back before we dive in on your three things. But so as a young child, did you feel like you had, you know, this intuition? I mean, I feel like most people kind of have some type of intuition with them. Everybody's got it. Yeah. Every, everybody's got it because everybody's got the two bodies. It's whether we listen to it, whether we want to tune into it um, and the ways we can listen to it and the ways we can tune into it. So as a young child, the, the one thing I remember, and look, you're going to have your listeners go, oh, I've never been like that. But you'll be surprised when you actually go back and have a think about it and reflect back in your life how often you've actually used it yourself. But I remember this one particular time I was in primary school. So, you know, it would have been, I would have been about five or six, maybe seven or eight. I can't remember. I'm not that good. Um, And I was walking out of the, the schoolyard and I was with my older sister. And I remember walking out and I turned to my sister and I said, oh, mum's in a really bad mood. And she looked at me as if, and she said to me, how do you know that? And I can remember thinking, how do you not know that? Like, I could feel it. I knew it. I, how do you not know it when you know it? Sure. Um, yeah, so it was it was really strange and I didn't understand. And, of course, in those days I didn't understand what periods were or, you know, PMS or anything like that, <laughs> but obviously that's what mum had. Um, <laughs> but we've got home and, of course, mum was in a bad mood and, Straight away, my sister blamed me. She said it was my fault because I called it. And so I learned from there not to call some of the, a lot of the stuff. I used to suppress a lot of the stuff. And I bet you find that you have a lot of your listeners that sort of go, if they reflect back, they'll, they'll find times when they've just done things and they don't know why they've done them, but they've done them. Yeah. So, I mean, as you're talking and like, you know, you said out-of-body experience before, and we, I don't want to go down this road yet, but I actually thought of a story that, where I had an out-of-body experience once and that, um, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but, you know, I felt like when I was telling people, or I told my mom was the first person I told, and mm-hmm. almost felt like, you know, how should I put this, that, you know, she was like, oh, that was probably just, you know, a fluke. It really didn't happen. You were just maybe just thinking that just because of what was going on and all that. And so, I mean, I feel like they there's, it off. yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, there you go. That's a perfect that's the way to put it. But they I mean, there's probably a lot of skepticism along with this stuff, but there is, like what you said, there is instances I've seen in my life that it's like, hmm, did that happen because it was supposed to happen and I just knew that was going to happen or was that just like a coincidence, you know? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if you believe in coincidences, you believe in coincidences. But if you go, hmm, is it a coincidence or is that? am I supposed to be seeing that or am I supposed to be knowing that? Yeah, yeah, it, it makes a difference, yeah. Do you know, and this is just me playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, because I was trying to look at both sides of this stuff, you know? Yes, definitely, yeah. Cool. And um, do you know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is? No, sorry, no. So he's he's basically in the States, he's a very famous astronomer, and he's got a lot of theories on space and kind of, you know, law of attractions and stuff like that. So anyway, he made an argument that, so if you did a experiment, a coin flipping, a coin flip experiment where everybody had to get heads, right? And you, so they had, a, let's say 500 people, you know, they flipped the coin. Hopefully I, I might butcher this a little bit, but hopefully I remember. <laughs> <my time. laughs> but sorry. Right, so yeah. So everyone who got heads stays in. All right. So it goes down to 250. Okay. 
They do the flip again. Goes down to 125, do it again. Then whatever that is, let's say 50 people, 25. You know, then we're now we're 10, 5, and then finally one person wins, right? Only person left with heads, right? And they, the press will go and ask the person, you know, say, hey, uh, you know, what was going on? What, you know, how did you know um, you were going to win and stuff? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I picked up a penny and whatever. I just had, you know, this heads energy today. And I just felt like, you know, I knew exactly it was going to win. I just thought it out. I had this reason behind it, something along those lines. But his argument is that, you know, they never go and ask the people who didn't win. Do they have the same you know, intuition. Do they think they had, you know, head flipping energy for that Coinbase or whatever? Does that kind of make sense? I hope that kind of makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, t- I totally get where you're coming from. And there's going to be people that don't, don't have any understanding of it. And there's going to be people that turn around and go, well, I thought I was going to win, but I didn't. Um, but there's there's all, there's so many uh, variables and so many reasons behind it. Sure. Uh, but it, it's just strange how somebody, will actually say that. So they've gone through there, they've won it, you know, they've weaned all the way down there and they've won it and they turn around and say, I knew I was going to win. How many people do you hear that say that about Lotto when they go, I just had this funny feeling I was going to win it? Yeah, I've heard it. Yeah. I've had family members that, you know, they buy lottery tickets and they're like, oh, I got it tonight. You know, I'm going to win it for sure. Yeah. But then but then that's a, that's a, a, a thought, not a feeling. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. So a thought, when we're putting out thoughts, that's where the law of attraction comes in. We put out those thoughts too. But when we actually add a a feeling to it, um, and it's not a feeling about I am going to win because that's always in the future, it is I have already won. Hmm. And that's the hard part. So it's a matter of you plain thought versus feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So. Is that where the confusion is, though, is where more, more people feel like, like I was just saying that they, they're actually not they're thinking it, but not feeling it. Right. And there's yes. they don't know the, the biggest difference in it. Right. Because what if you you you're thinking it, but you say, well, you know, if I didn't think that I would have felt that. Right. Does that kind of make sense? Is that kind of, does it kind of go hand in hand almost? It, it, no, not necessarily. You okay. can you can think it. Um, you can really think it and and keep on thinking it. But the the feeling is a difference in the concept of am I thinking it in the future or am I or feeling it in the future or am I feeling it now? Because majority of people when they're going uh, like they the ones that have have won lotto that said I just had a funny feeling that I was going to, they had the feeling first. And then they purchase the, the ticket. Whereas other people will go, I think I'm going to win lotto. So they think at first and then they purchase the ticket. They've not actually got a feeling attached to it. There's a nice feeling of wanting to, but a want is different to actually knowing. So those people that have actually won it and they've said, I just had a funny feeling, they've already known that they've got it. Where do you think that feeling comes from? Well, I, I have to say intuition, don't I? Yeah, it's supposed to be born in us or something a part of us. Oh, absolutely. And and it's everybody's got it. So when we look at when we look at the two different bodies, um, and I call them bodies, but obviously the spirit side isn't an actual body body. Um, it's more of an energy. But we we that's the the ever um, eternal life that they talk about in the Bible is the spirit side of it. It's eternal. Okay. It just sure. it keeps on. Okay, so that that spiritual side keeps going, going. We obviously know the physical side is here for a short time and a good time. The spirit's here for a learning. 
Now, when you think about spirit, they don't have the five physical senses. So they can't touch. They can't see. They know, but they don't see. Um, They can't uh, taste. They don't have those five physical senses. So the spirit has to come into a physical body to get that sort of a learning, to get that sort of an understanding. And then when we talk about life purpose, it's not the physical body that has a life purpose. Well, it does. It has a purpose to take the spirit through, but it's actually the spirit that has the purpose in life and it has to try and navigate and steer that physical body along that way. And when we talk about free will, that's when we go, well, that's what the physical body wants to do. (laughs) The spirit's trying to, like, the spirit's like the driver and the physical body's like the car. Now, we know cars nowadays have a lot of sensors and you know how one slow down in the traffic if they get too close to cars and we have all those sensors in it. Very similar to that. So your car is the the physical body and it wants to do things, you know, it wants to get pleasure, it wants to do different things, but the spirit behind it, the driver, wants to get from point A to point B. Um, And sometimes it can't always do that the way it wants to especially with GPS taking you the wrong way. <laughs> so, all right. So forgive me for asking this, but cause I, cause I'm, you know, I've never really had a conversation like this. So I'm kind of a little out of my, out of my realm here. So when you say spirit, I mean, are you almost referring to as, you know, ghost or. Oh no. Okay. okay. Sorry. So is, that, is that the difference? Is there a difference? Yeah. There's a difference between the spirit and actual like ghost. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Spirit. Well, I call it spirit. Cause okay. Spirit is like, um, Sport, okay, we've got all these other elements that go under sport. We can have football as a sport. We can have chess as a sport. So we've got all these other sports, right? So spirit is an overarching area. And I I call it spirit because, honestly, I can't define it properly. But in all all honesty, for me, it's the soul. It's my soul. Okay, okay. That makes sense to me then. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. People, when people say soul versus like you know ghost or whatever, yeah. yeah, like you know your soul's leaving or whatever. Okay, that's more. Yeah, yeah, that's what so I thought you were saying. But I just want to differentiate yeah. just for sure. Okay, yeah, sorry, I should, I should have, yeah, I should say that because it's spirit because it's in a, in it's an, uh, an element that we can't see. A bit like a ghost. A bit like. Uh, you've got dark entities, a bit like angels. You don't see them as we see the physical body. So I call that the spiritual side. Yeah. But really, for me, it's your soul. Yeah, okay. And, that, and, and that's what I wanted to be sure of, just to make sure that's what, you know, hopefully, yeah, yeah, I understand it now. So, yeah. you know, it's yeah. one of those things that, you know, you know, when a person or human being dies that, you know, it's like, what doesn't it get like eight ounces lighter or something? Because it says that's the soul actually leaving the body. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't, I can't uh, clarify that, but yes, I can yeah. clarify the fact that the the soul does, yeah, leave the body. And I mean, if you had a, a name to your soul, if you called it Billy, that soul will actually go into another human later on when it needs another reincarnation, when it needs another lesson, when it when it's going on. So your your soul is going, has just kept on going. It's eternal. It just keeps on going. It might not go into another body straight away, but it will eventually go into another body. Okay. So here's a question that uh, <laughs> this, this is something that sparked my interest. Well, I, I heard it on a podcast earlier this week and I never thought about this before, but um, I guess I should ask you first, you just talk about reincarnation. So I guess I'm going to assume that you do believe in reincarnation. Yes. Okay. So I forgot how exactly the conversation went down, but the, 
they were actually talking about just because of reincarnation, do you ever feel like you were actually connected to a ancient civilization, you know, just, or other civilizations, are you drawn to them, you know, like Greece or, uh, or the Romans or, you know, Egyptians, yeah. you know? Egyptians. So is that kind of what your point is? Like maybe, you know, souls are just going to another body and that's why you might have a, you know, a drawing to Egyptian culture. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. And the more we, we the more we are in these different bodies, the more learnings, because you, you come into the body for a learning. Um, so the more, I, I suppose, the more enlightened we become as we move up when we go through these different um, bodies or situations, things like that. Yeah. And that, that's just my personal opinion. I don't have any science to prove that. Um, but if you go in and get a hypno, hypnosed, a hypnotherapy done yeah. and they take you back you can actually go back and i have gone into a previous life before in that context it's it's really quite strange <laughs> well, i mean i'm, I'm sure I'm a lot, well a lot of this is you know personal opinion and how yeah. you know, your life ex- path or experiences that you've went through compared to somebody else is all going to be based on you know your opinions and your experiences and what you went through compared yes. to person b and so but you know, when that question or when I heard that question, you know, it started, I never really thought about that before, but I was like, hmm, well, I wonder if I actually, you know, I do like Greek mythology, but I don't know if it's one of those things that, you know, do I just like learning about it or I just like the whole concept of it? Like, even like, you know, with Nordic culture and stuff like that, it's, it's really cool to, uh, to uh, learn about. But, you know, it had me thinking, like, was I ever really drawn to something? It was there a part of me that, you know, my parents didn't have or anything, but there's something else that was like, what was I in a past life? Maybe, you know, and just, and I, and I guess my, I don't, I'm my opinion of all this stuff, you know, I'm pretty much on the fence of it all because, you know, I'm still trying to gather more information and that's why I want to ask both sides of it, you know, and learn more about it. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of yeah. just coming here and just assuming that I know everything, which obviously I don't by any means, but yeah. And I think that's where, you know, without having these conversations like this and kind of opening up your mind a little bit, it's like, well, let me think about that a little bit, you know, and like these past life experiences that we've both had, you know, it's kind of, well, maybe there is something out there, you know, maybe there is something yeah. to this. And look, the other thing too, Chris, is that, yes, I have done a past life experience. Yes, I have experienced it. I, I told you I'm a theory tester. I will test the theory. Yeah, that's great. Do I have to stay with that? No, I've just tested it. It's like trying different ice creams. I've tasted that one. <laughs> like it, don't like it, or I like it, but I don't like it enough to do it again. Um, and that's that's how I get. And I, and that's what I want to put across to all the listeners. You know, when I was doing my research and learnings, um, getting the understanding behind them, we only had books. We didn't have podcasts. We didn't have the internet, for goodness sake. Sure, exactly. So we had to learn by or get understandings by other people's experiences in these books. And so you you picked up different things. And, and one of the things I've always said is when I'm reading a book, I might not take on everything. I might just take bits and pieces out that resonate with me. Exactly, exactly. That's and podcasts are exactly the same, yeah. Take on board what you want. Let go of the rest. It doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. It just means it doesn't resonate with you. Yeah, that's one thing that I think I've said on here a few times that, you know, you know, when you read these self-motivating, self-help books and stuff that, you know, and you read like, you know, how Steve Jobs got to where he was along his, you know, success path or whatever, people think they have to follow that path, you know, point A to point B to exactly on the path. But no, you can just take some, you know, tidbits from it, some pearls or whatever you want to call it and, you know, make it work. But just because that's what Steve Jobs or whoever you're looking up to, that's what they did doesn't mean it's exactly going to work for 
yourself. Um, and did they put everything in the book? Uh, they, uh, <laughs> that's one thing. Don't ever always tell all your uh, your secrets, right? But yeah, yeah exactly. and I think that's what, I don't know if that's a problem, and we don't have to go down this road, but that's one of the issues that I think some people have that they try, they say, well, you know, I'm following the same path they did and I failed or whatever. Then that leads to, you know, other questions, you know, maybe depression, maybe failure, just thinking that, you know, there are nobody and all that good stuff. But it was just like, no, you just, you know, you didn't do it with, you know, exactly like you probably should have, you know, you do what works for you. But anyway, they did it instead of how you need to do it. And right. that's about trusting your gut. That's about trusting your right. intuition. Yeah. Trust the intuition. But can we talk about your, uh, you said you went into a past life. Can we talk about that or no? If you want to. Yeah. I, have well, no I, I just wanted, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to ask that before we do, but I wanted to know like, what was it? And, you know, I was curious about it. Okay. So what, what I will, I will, tell you about to start with is the reason why I did it. Okay. Now, the reason why I did it is I had a lot of guilt in my life and, and I had no reason to have guilt. Um, and so it was it was a bit strange and, and I wasn't even really aware that I was holding on to so much guilt. But anyway, I did this uh, do-it-yourself <laughs> DYI meditation for past life. Okay. Yeah, don't highly recommend that part anyway, but I, I, I tried it myself. So what happened is I did it, this guided meditation. Uh, it was past life meditation, sort of got into it, and it stopped because it's a guided meditation on a video and it was a set amount of time, and so it didn't matter where you were up to, you were brought back whether you wanted to or not. Okay. And I was brought back at this really particular time. I'm going to go into it, but I was brought back at this really particular time, which was really significant for me to get an understanding of. So then I went to, I, I didn't go straight away, obviously. On one of my, my podcasts, I had a lady that does past life regression hypnosis. And so I went to her um, and our the podcast we had was, do it yourself against professionals, you know, <laughs> in hypnotherapy. Okay. Um, and she took me through and we got a, a clearer understanding of it. So what it was, when I did it myself with the, the um, self-help one, I went back in and I was in, I don't know what era it was, but it, I was a monk and I was, I was a male, all in the brown, bit like the Friar Tuck era, you know, where, and, and I don't know if that was the year or the, you know, that that time, sure. but it was definitely, I was definitely all cloaked in brown. I had the little thing at the top here, you know, and it was, yeah, I was all in brown. So I was a monk and I had just reached the door of the monastery, which was high above a city. There was a little, uh, a city down below. Whoops, uh -oh. a city down below. Sorry. You're um, it wasn't, it wasn't a modern city, so it was more of a, a, a village-style city. Okay. So it, but, but a bigger community. So there was the monastery. It was really funny because you think of monasteries and they're big and old. Well, this was new. Um, it was quite new. And they had this great big door in the front, and I was just about to knock on the door, about, about to go in. And these thoughts were coming through like, if you walk in now, you're accepting what's going on. And if you walk away, you don't accept what's going on. So I'd cut to this stage where I knew what was going on inside the monastery and it wasn't nice. And it was well the young children and it was it was not nice. The, these young children were being abused and there, there was there was nothing. They were like orphans. There was nothing you you could you could do. But my my guilt came in, the fact is. 
if I walked back into the monastery, which was my home, this is where I, I was growing, you know, I was growing up, there was everything was there. This was my home and I'd been there for so long. I'd been so devoted to what I was doing. And I had this big decision to make because if I walked back in there, I had to accept the fact that's what they were going to do. Or that's what they were doing. Wow. Because I'd only just recently found out that this was going on. So when I when I came back, I'm still at this, this door not knowing what I did. And so I've been holding a lot of this guilt on what, you know, did I did I tell anybody? Did I say anything? Did I actually go back in and accept all that? What happened to me? Um, so when I did it professionally, and it was obviously you're guided then and you've got somebody watching you and seeing how your body's reacting, listening to what you're saying, and they can help you get through it. So she took me back through and I got to the door again. And that's when I started saying about, you know, I don't want to go in. I want to go home, but I don't want to go in. I didn't like it. They must have been holding almost something against me in the fact that I felt like I was obligated to be in the monastery, but I didn't like it. So Again, that's almost like your intuition, your gut saying, I don't want to be there, but yeah. this is home. Anyway, she took me that she took me from there and then went straight to my deathbed on that life. Okay, that's that's how she did it. Took me straight because I couldn't I couldn't go further. I just could not work, I couldn't work out where, where to go. And she's trying to guide me in this meditation and this visual, uh, this um therapy, but she couldn't get me there. She goes, okay, let's go forward. You, you know, to um, how did you die? And straight away I've got this image and I was, I was laying down. I was in the village. I was laying down and I had all these people around me. And what I had done was I left the monastery. I created my own following and helped these people and um, stopped what was going on. So all of a sudden knowing how I passed and I passed with such um it was a it was a beautiful passing. It got rid of all that guilt that I had. And I don't carry a lot of that guilt anymore. If I don't get something done, instead of me being devastated and guilty that, oh my God, I didn't get that done, yeah. I don't have that anymore. And it's it's a very, very subtle and people probably wouldn't notice it. But I was feeling it, constantly feeling it. If I if I didn't get something done that I was supposed to get done, I felt terrible. I was I was devastated. Whereas now it's like, oh well. Didn't get it done. <laughs> yeah. So, so you don't know where that guilt came from, though. You, 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 it's not connected to your childhood. You just, you just always carried it around. You don't know. No. It, it. Look, it could be connected to my childhood. I tend to think it wasn't. I tended to think it was connected to my my soul, and it was it was a releasing that I needed to do, and I needed to do that on the physical level of life, not. The spiritual level of life, or not that that soul level. I needed to do that on a physical level as well. Get a really, because I'm a theory tester. I've got to get a clear understanding. I, it's going to make sense. I'm not into the woo woo. It's yeah. still going to make sense. I'm open to it, but it's got to make sense. Wow, that's you know that's interesting. That's you know you confronted having that or, you know, either however you want to say it, that it just released from you and you actually feel better now that you went through experience like that. You know, I've read, you know, I've never, you know, done psychedelics or anything like that. And I'm not saying anything about this, but, you know, but it kind of correlates with this just because people who have, you know, like trauma in their past or whatever, when they've done 
certain psychedelics that they've had, they've met these, uh, you know, guilt or had trauma. They met it full on during their trip, I guess. And, and like after, and after they came out of it, they felt so much better, you know, after being, you know, over the mushrooms or whatever you want to say. And it was like, you know, it took them almost, and I don't know if it's spiritual or whatever you, I've never done it. So I don't know a lot about it, but yeah, almost, you know, they just felt so relieved that they were actually confronted their, if you want to say confronted their demons or confronted that trauma or confronted whatever. And it was like, wow, they can actually, you know, feel happier in their lives now moving forward just because they were able to finally confront it. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't, again, I haven't taken any, like you, I haven't yeah. taken any of that. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a naturalist. I like to go a little bit more. <laughs> but um, I I have heard that before. It's a, it's a very similar euphoria that you get. Uh, I guess the the issue I look at is that I, I don't want to do it. I want to do it in a controlled environment where I right. feel like I I have control. Um, the, the, <laughs> this is going to show, tell you how nerdy I am. Um, I've not smoked marijuana, but I've been in a room where it's been there, and I remember I had to go to the toilet. I walked around the corner mm-hmm. and walked straight into a wall, and from there on I went, I will never be out of control again like that. I do not want to be out of control of my body like that. Um, and so I, I've sort of, that's where I've gone. But again, it's not its not so much that it's, um, you know, that these, the, the mushrooms and the, the drugs and things like that are a bad thing. It's just, I don't want to be addicted to anything. I don't want to turn around and say, I have to take that to achieve that. If I can do it my own way, I will do it my own way. And even in my sickness and in health, like I've had um, a bit of a head cold, I get a bit of sinus. Um, Even with that, it's like, okay, we'll take uh, horseradish and garlic, we'll take some multivitamins, you know, we'll do all that sort of first, clean the nasal passages, you know, all those nerdy things. (laughs) Um, And and everything I can do in in a natural, organic way before, but I also know deep down when it's like, okay, you've passed it now, you've got to go and get antibiotics. So you've got to go and see the doctor. You know, you've got to do something else. So I still follow my gut when it's like, okay, I need to take it up another level. Do you uh, do you have any siblings? Siblings, I've got seven brothers and sisters. One has passed and okay. I've got three children of my own. And I've got grandchildren as well. That's great. Well, I mean, that was what I was going to ask. Like, you know, do you see them talking about their intuition and you noticing anything with their, you know, experiences like this so far? I mean. Yes, yes. Well, one of my nieces, uh, I I used to talk to my sister a lot about it because she was having, well, she thought she was having trouble with her niece, with her daughter, and and she wanted to help her. Uh, Her daughter was seeing and my my two kids actually did, would see spirit, would see ghosts, would see different things. So this is where um with my with my daughter, I remember, I remember coming into her room. She had this big blow-up chair. And she said to me, Mum, can you take that big blow-up chair out? And it was one of these ones, it was a one that had all the sporting arena over it. So you could use it and go go to the sports with. And I said, Yeah, I can take it out, you know, because she used to have a teddy on it. I said, you don't want it anymore? And she goes, no. She goes, every night I had a young boy, he keeps sitting on there and wants to talk to me and all I want to do is go to sleep. And I sort of go, oh, okay then, Dal. <laughs> I'll just take that out. And it's like, well, you know, she's she's seeing spirit. There was another one she sort of went where she got upset um, and it was uh, she saw a, a young baby hung. And I said, oh, you know, often young babies, if they were trying to climb out of their cot, 
they could get their clothes hung up and they they could strangle themselves. She goes, oh, no, Mum, this was done deliberately. And I've gone, okay. <laughs> and she used to astral travel a lot. So it's it's not, it's not you, when you're parenting with your children or anything like that, it's how you say it. You mustn't brush them off. Right. You don't have to believe them and you don't have to understand it but you mustn't brush them off. And when people, especially children, they say, oh, I had this really bad dream, Mum, you know, and if you turn around and go, oh, it was just a dream, you're, you're brushing them off. All you need to do is let them talk, let them tell you about it, let them express it, and, you know, then you sort of brush it off then if you want to, but allow them to actually talk about it and at least say it. Um, and there's so many dream guides and, and journals and things like that. You can turn around and sort of go, well, what do you think that means? Oh, I don't know, Mum. You know, and they're off the walk. They don't really care. They sometimes just need to express it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've well, re- that, went off, that went off tangent. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's kind of what I was wanting to know just uh, because I'm not a parent by any means. But, you know, I've always heard that, um, you know, when if you did have a child or whatever, if somebody has a child that, you know, just don't shut it down or, you know, be negative towards them. Actually, just like what you said, just have them talk it out and like, like kind of like see what they're getting at. Then, like what you said, okay, okay, maybe we do brush it off. But, um, but you know, like there was one case, and this is this is kind of related that I've read recently that you know those indoor like wise cameras. Um, I don't know if you have wise in Australia, but they're the indoor security cameras. You know, or like okay. a TV monitor. Okay. Yep. But uh, somebody had actually hacked in to one of the cameras and was talking you know, to the kid, I forgot how old the kid was, but they were actually talking, you know, really negatively and bad stuff to the kid. And, but, you know, the kid would wake up the next morning and they would tell the parents like, Oh yeah, the bad man came or whatever last night. And they just kind of like, whatever, you know, but they finally, after a while figured it out that somebody was hacking in to their cameras and doing that type of stuff to, uh, or saying these really bad things to the kid and try to like traumatize it almost. So yeah, it's one of those things like, yeah, like figure out what's going on. Let it like, there's a reason why they were probably, you know, had a dream or if saw something. So let's, yeah, talk it out. That's my whole point is like, just don't brush it off the first thing. So yeah. Yeah. But, and, and um, have it a little bit controlled too, because sometimes if you're uh, very open to it and very accepting to it, um, they're, they're still a child. They're still going to maybe use that to uh, get their own way. <laughs> so they've still got lessons that they need to learn as well. Um, so, yeah, be, be open but also be mindful of it. I've watched my little um, three, I've got a three-year-old granddaughter. She's my youngest one at the moment. Um, and I have watched her. She is so emotionally connected and intelligent. It just spins me out. You know, it, it. She just was one of those, just one of those children that just really knows how to connect emotionally with other other kids, um, how to care for them, how to nurture them, how to look after them, and it's yeah, it's just so it's lovely to watch, but it is it's really a little bit mind boggling too because you don't expect a kid to that age to be like that. No, no, it's one of those things I've noticed that you know I forgot. I was having dinner with some friends or whatever, and we were actually talking about, you know, like genetic memory and how do animals just know how to be, you know, I guess an animal, you know, like, you know, one of my good friends have uh, a bird dog and, you know, I was asking him, does it point at stuff, you know, because that's what they're known for is actually pointing at birds. And he, he's like, yeah, it does, but we've never taught it how to, it just kind of knows how to do it. And it's just wild to me, you know, like even wild animals, you know, and they know how to survive. They have instincts, they have intuition. They just know how to do things. It's like, well, maybe, you know, 
you know, because nobody teaches these animals anything. So that's where he's a part of it. It's like, what's well, got to be in us too, in some form, you know? So. Absolutely. And when I talked about the, the two different bodies, you know, so you've got your soul and you've got that physical body. Um, you think the soul's gone from body to body to body to body um, and it's arrived here, but your physical body has gone back through all those ages as well. Yeah. All the, the, the DNA and everything else. So that's got its own little way of handling things and its own little memory and its own little way of doing things. And this poor old soul, he is trying to get it to go this way and it wants to go that way. <laughs> so this is a question you probably get. So since we're talking about, you know, souls and body and, you know, near, some death experiences, like do you ever get, you know, questions about religion versus spirituality? Yeah, I, I do. I've had... um. I, again, I, I have to. It has to make sense for me. And um, unfortunately, there's been a lot of negative stuff that's happened because of religion. But sure. religion, I, I dumb it right down to: religion is the teaching, spirituality is the experience. So you can be religious and spiritual, or you can just be spiritual and not necessarily religious. That makes sense. You know, because I was trying. I told you I have to make sense. Because <laughs> that's what I was trying to 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 do. Like, based on when I've had these conversations with my friends, you know, what is the difference between spirituality and religion? And you know, I forgot, but you know, I think religion means to to bond together and stuff. And and if you and I've started to think that you know, it seems like most religions do kind of evolve around the same thing as far as you know, be a good person and yeah. you know, honor obviously whatever the higher power is or whatever you want to say, but, but yeah, everyone has obviously their own form of religion, but when you say spirituality, I mean, it just, is that like a brush off just to say that you were not brought up religious and you just want to say that, you know, do you want to just not believe in fate or whatever, you know, or intuition or anything. And that's just because in in that case, I mean, do you just run every red light going down the road and just hope for the best? And it's like, well, then there's probably got to be something to, you know, the method to the madness, I guess, you know, it's just not kind of like, I guess what I'm getting at is it's not all completely made up, maybe, you know, like you were talking about free will earlier. So, yeah, yeah, you've still got that free will. So, and and again, like, there's so many um, connections between religion and spirituality. There's so many things, interlocking things that are very, very, very similar. Um, So, you know, you can't separate them that way. And so, that the reason why I separate religion because it's a, it's an institution. Religion is a, a, an organized institution, and it is to teach you. It is to teach you about. It might be to teach you about spirituality or about God or about coming together or about um, compassion or w- whatever it is. It's about to teach you. Whereas I see spirituality is the actual experience. Yeah. So you experience. Um, God, you experience what it's like to be in a community. You experience um, compassion. You experience all those and you get your learnings from that experience. And that's the only difference. So you can still be religious or in a religion and have spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. One of the stories was that, uh, that I was reading about before this was that, you know, a guy was talking about how he met his wife and that on the way to the bar or club or whatever it was that, you know, she actually got into a car wreck and, she decided that she was still going to go to the club where most people would instantly just say, no, I'm just going to go back home. You know, I tried to go out tonight. That was a sign or whatever. I, I can't do yeah. it. But for yeah. some, you know, like I was talking about fate or whatever it was that 
maybe they ended up being married and had kids and they've lived a long, happy life. But something was like told her that's like, no, I got to go. I'm going to the club no matter what, you know, where most people would just be like, you know, even me, I was thinking about, you know, I've always heard that if you get a flat tire, that no matter where you're going, you should just turn around and go home, you know? Okay. <laughs> That's what well, I've always that, that heard. That could be a little bit defeatist, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know that. How, I think that was just one of these things that growing up you hear and you're kind of like, well, I guess, you know, because it was like a sign that you weren't supposed to go there or whatever. Or is it a sign that you just need to slow down before you get there? Well, it, it could be. I mean, there's, I guess there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But I, and I, that's why I won't make it. I won't sort of turn around and go, this is what this means, or this is what, because it means so much to different people. Yeah. Um, a, a flat tire can be an inconvenience for somebody. It could mean, no, you've got to go back home. Don't go there. Or it could be, no, you're just going too soon. You've jumped the, jumped the gun. We haven't got everything else in place yet. Wait a minute. Now go. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is that, you know, maybe you just have to wait a little bit longer for whatever to happen. And yeah. yeah and just people don't realize that because, you know, I, you know, and I've said this a lot of times on here that, you know, I feel like a lot of, you know, I don't know how it is in Australia, obviously I've never been, but a lot of people over here in America, we're just running off momentum and it's just, you know, get up, work, do whatever, rinse, repeat, and you just keep going and keep going. And then I, with the pandemic and stuff, and I know Australia experience is pretty hard too, that, you know, that's when everything just stopped in real life and people Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park kind of figured out, wait, what's going on here? You know, what have I been doing with these past few years? Is this what I want to? Am I happy? Is this where I thought my life was going to go? So that's one thing that's happened to me. So Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. It, it's almost like a, like a reset for you, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, you sit back and you kind of reflect on things and how I feel about things. And that's part, you know, part of one of the reasons why I started this is because, you know, before, all, before the, that, I've never, before this and the pandemic, I've never had conversations like this, really. You know, it's maybe side little five minute conversations and just whatever I hear. But, you know, I was never evil, able to take a deeper dive into them and see how I really feel about things and get my thoughts, you know, correlated. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I, I did a lot of mine with reading. Um, I had three young children. I had three children in three years, actually, before I worked oh. out what was causing it. Um, and then I stopped. Uh, <laughs> I um, just had that time where I could just give myself, a, you know, an hour or two to be able to read and collect that information. But because we've had, with the internet and everything else, we've almost had an information overload. The, yeah. the COVID's almost a way of going, time. time to stop, guys. Time to just really absorb and get an understanding of, of what it is and, and really hone in, not just scrolling through and looking at, you know, crazy Facebook and Insta <laughs> and all the rest, but to actually have some 
you know, conversations or some decent uh, interviews and, and different things like that. Yeah, COVID's given us that ability, yeah. No, I agree 100% on information overload because I feel like I go with that, you know, every day just, you know, based on TV, based on these conversations, based on other stuff I'm trying to research, you know, prepare for these things. And, you know, with my job and everything else, it's just like, you know, is my, are, are modern brains able to handle all of that? And mm. yeah, and this, you know, because, you know, I forgot what we, you were talking about earlier, but, you know, I think I remember that when I was in college, we finally got Facebook and that was 2006 or something, you know, and that was really the first time, you know, besides playing solitary on a computer or whatever, where I was really starting to interact more with computers. And, yes. and it was like, then that's when information, like, I guess for me, I started taking in a lot of more information than I realized I was and not that it affected me or anything, but it was just, and now when I think about it, it's like, man, you know, was I really made to take in all this information? I mean, no wonder is like, is that why I can't remember some things, but remember other things? And mm. Yeah, and that's that's the information you're taking on there. Then when you start to actually really tune into your intuition, you start getting what I call downloads. And so you're starting to get spiritual or uh, messages from your higher source. Yeah. And, yeah, like at night, you, you can you can just feel these this information coming through, coming to you. Um, and I, I can remember thinking, I don't know what I'm going to be doing with that, but just go ahead and do it. And when I need to get that, when I need to recall that, I will recall it. But, yeah, it's quite funny because, yeah, you're getting downloads physically, it's spiritually too. <laughs> you, um, speaking of, like, recalling the memories and stuff like that, do you know who um, Rupert Shedrick, I think is his name? Uh, no. Okay. I, I, uh, not really sure exactly his profession, but – a lot of people don't know, but he actually makes an argument. I think he calls it like morphic renaissance, resistance, something like that. But anyway, the key, the whole point of it is that he makes a claim and talk about theories and stuff that uh, like this table or a desk can have a memory, you know, based on its life. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And like, and it's like, and it's actually, I guess if you want to say the energy and all things, you know, like this pen or this desk, you know, where it's been through let's say so many wars or whatever. Now it's in a museum, but it's like, he thinks that, or he made an argument and I don't know why this is just a whole gist of it all that it's just uh, inanimate objects have memories of some sort. What do you think? Do you think that's actually could be true? I look, I, I do to a certain degree because I, I still firmly believe that um, everything is of energy. So it does have that. I, the other aspect I look at the flip side I look at is is it relevant? Is it important? <laughs> like um, my little tin here of my uh, um, candle, my candle wax. It, I mean, yes, it, it may have a lot of um, memories in it, but is that really important? Again, in the flip side, I've gone to museums or gone to places like that and you see these beautiful old pieces of furniture and you can almost feel their memories. That's what a part of the article was saying was that, you know, they walked into yeah. some famous desk or whatever, and it was just a different feeling just instantly walking into the room. And like the Absolutely. desk was one of the only pieces in there. It was like, how old is this desk? And I forgot how old it was, but that's what the person asked. And it was like, just it just changed the whole energy and feelings of the whole room. And so, yeah. Yes. yes. I was like, hey. And they often say that spirit can be attached to um, article, uh, to furniture and, really? you know, houses. And so as in, as in ghost spirit. Um, different spirit, you know, that more of more of that terminology, ghost, ghost side of it, um, can be attached to furniture as well. So um, but yeah, I, 
I, I get I get the understanding of it and I, I don't disagree with it, but in this because because I have felt that in, in different furnitures and different areas, um, old houses, you know, you feel it, it, it different. But then I go, well, hang on, is it the actual house or the actual furniture, or is there something attached yeah. to that that we can't see? And so I leave that open because I'm not sure. But yes, I do agree with it to a certain degree and yeah. to a certain extent. Did you, did you say earlier that you do believe in ghosts or not? Oh, I do believe in them. I, I haven't um, I haven't tested that theory <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I get a little bit, I have to watch too many of those scary movies. Oh, yeah. But no, I can tell you when we've got, I call them visitors. I can tell you when there's visitors in my my house, yes. I can tell you when there's visitors. I can, I can um, sort of... Uh, virtually go to someone's place and I can tell you where the areas are that are a little bit on the darker side. Is Okay. Is that just because of your intuition that you can tell that or is that something? Yeah. Look, I, I don't, I don't know whether it's because of my intuition. I think it's all part of it as well, because like I said, intuition is that those messages coming from my soul, which is a spirit, a type of spirit or right. that, in that realm it's not in the physical realm it's in that spiritual realm so if i'm getting it from my soul i could also be getting it where i see clairvoyant and psychics you can also be getting it from other spirit other entities okay okay yeah so i can feel and i and i i struggle a little bit with the terminology because i haven't researched it enough to say this is what i see a ghost as or this is what i see an entity as i don't i don't understand and and i do tend to go more of the spirit side because i don't exactly know so it's like me talking about sports you know and <laughs> trying to get an understanding of the different sports so but i i know i can feel them in the house when i have got visitors in my house yes of not of the physical nature. <laughs> is it is it often that you feel that, or is it just? It, it is quite surprising how often it can can come there. But they do attach themselves to people. So if we've had uh, visitors, real visitors come in, like physical visitors, they could bring in a spirit, and a spirit could then stay, or they can bring in an entity, and the entity can then stay. Um, but. Yeah, and I, and I don't know the concept behind it and I don't understand it too much, but I do know that I prefer to try and help spirits or ghosts pass over to the life because I believe that in that spiritual realm, it's almost like a, a realm up from the physical. So you've got physical, you've got your spiritual, then you've got your more heavenly realms. Yeah. And, and, again, I haven't tested this theory because I haven't, well, I have died, but, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I see a lot of like the ghost concept as in they've gone to this spirit realm and they haven't quite gone to the heavenly realm. And that's where they sometimes need that help. And so they attach themselves to things that they feel comfortable with or to things where they people they know or they, they're trying to get an understanding of what's going on. Um, and you've, you've seen it in some of the movies I talk to dead people where, where the little child says I talk oh, to Oh, the sixth sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're seeing what's going on and, and they see that these spirit, these ghosts are trying to get the attention because they want to, they want to understand what's going on. Um, and I and I think there's a lot of truth in a lot of those movies. And because I think there's a lot of truth in those movies, they sometimes scare me. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because, you know, I've never, when I've been asked that before, you know, I've never had a feeling or never had a, an experience where I've ever seen a ghost. And do I believe in them? It could be, but I've never had experiences to make me say like, yeah, you know, like you, you say you can feel them. I'm just walking in the house or whatever, you know? And, yeah. but yeah, just, I mean, if you are, I guess my point is that if you are connected the way that, you know, you are, and like you watch a movie like that, it can be a little bit more, I don't Intimidated. know. There you go. That's a good word. Yeah. For it. yeah so, yeah. Well, Chris, have a think about it. Stand at your front door of your house, okay? right, just in your mind, you're standing at your front door in your house, and think about what your house looks like or the apartment or wherever you're living, and then sort of go, okay, if there was an entity there or if there was something there, where would they be? If there was, where would they be? I guess sitting on the couch in the living room when you first walk in my house. Okay. (laughs) 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 <laughs> not hiding in a corner? No, I mean, like, my, I have a pretty open house when you first walk in. So, I mean, now my TV's in the corner, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and like the... Like over in that right-hand corner as you walk in, and they're on the right-hand side, far corner. I mean, I guess that's where my kitchen table is. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could okay. be. Yeah, I guess it could be. Yeah, but... And that's, that's look, that's how you're doing it. it it's more about of an awareness. You're sort of okay. going, you're sort of going, oh, that felt, that felt strange. What was that? You know, or you, sometimes you get that blink going past your eye and you say, oh, did I see something? So that's, and it's all about just being aware of it. It's it's not right or wrong. It's sure. just being open to awareness. And, of course, some people are more in tune and more aware and others are not so aware. And when we're talking about intuition and things like that, we have all these different tools to help us with our intuition. And some people are really tuned in and they can do channeling or they can they can see ghosts really easy. Others need more help with it. And they they may find their, their body reacts a little bit differently. So they could do pendulum work because that's using your muscles, your, your minute muscles. Or they could do card readings and that helps them use their analytical brain to see what the image is and then allow those intuitive messages to flow through yeah yeah no i agree i mean there's a lot of different ways to do it and just like i said i guess i've just never really had one of those experiences or actually been you know like you said self-aware or been looking around you know there's just i just keep walking in this i mean i have you know i guess there has probably been times where i was like that was hot or that was weird but then I think I just keep moving forward on my day, you know, and I mean, you know, I have two, do- two dogs and I was like, I was probably one of the dogs. No big deal. But yeah, I mean, what I, do the, dogs do? the dogs will tell you if there's someone in the home, especially cats. The cats will tell you. I, I've heard that before that, uh, you know, they sense it too. And I don't know that, that these two, I mean, I don't know if you can see them in my background, but they never, really, one, yeah. okay, they never really do a whole lot, but except bark at people walking their other dogs. But yeah, I've heard that, that animals can pick up stuff like that. So there's actually some truth to that, you know? Oh yeah. And again, this looks the same principle. Um, so some animals are more in tune than others. As, yeah. as you know, some, some animals are more, um, master orientated and they they want to stay with their master and they'll do anything here here the ones that the master's passed away and they sit by the body you know so so you've got animals are the same you've got different um levels as well in that sort of context as to you know how in tune they are so all right let's let's switch gears in a little bit because um i want to know but you know since we're talking about ghosts and stuff like you know you had a near-death experience right and you said you actually you were dead for a little bit well, I believe so. I, I wasn't on an operating table or anything, so I don't have proof. Okay. Um, 
So, so what happened? I was at work. Uh, I was twenty years old. I worked in a bank, and all of a sudden, I had this um, overwhelming feeling of sickness. Like I, I just felt really weak, really ill. You know, the hot flush came through, and I just felt really sick. Um, one of the staff members and the other girls said, "Oh, are you okay?" And I went, "No, I don't feel very well." Had no reason. I wasn't ill or anything. It just this big wave came over. And um, anyway, she said, I'll help you up to the, the the lunchroom. And it was up this flight of stairs. And I could remember I started going up the flight of stairs, well, but my legs weren't obviously following. And I heard the last thing I remember was her yelling out, I need some help here. And my instincts was, oh, I'll give her a hand. But, of course, it was, it was me that she needed a hand for. <laughs> anyway, a, a, I got to the top of the stairs, I don't know how, um, because I'd passed out by then. And um, I all I remember was, now, if you were laying on the floor or on the ground or laying down low and you had people around you and they're all looking down on you, yeah. and I remember standing up and everybody still looked down. And I could, the, the thing I remember saying was, I'm up here, why are you looking down? And that was when I sort of left the body and I went, mm, okay. And I I don't feel, I don't remember going up so much, but I do remember that particular thing where I felt like I stood up and nobody was watching me. And then I've come to this area. Now, they talk about tunnels and things like that with near death. I didn't have a tunnel. There was a distinct path, but I didn't, I didn't see it. I just knew I was on this path. And it was at, when I first was aware of it, it was like a fog, if you can imagine. And this fog then turned into like sparkles, like like glitter. And in amongst all these glitter, there was a little dark area. And as I got closer to these little dark patches, they ended up being, you've got to remember, this was when I was 20. There was no mobile phones in those days. Right, right. That's what it looked like, a little, like little TV screens, like these little mini mobile phones, which, again, I did not know what mobile phones were, but these little tiny TV screens. And on them they had videos going and it was my memories. So I was walking down looking at these sort of memories as I'm going along, moving through, and I was on a direct path, but, again, I couldn't see the path, but I knew where I was going. I knew I had to go this way. Then this sort of darkness came up in front of me and it was like a wall in the background, so a shadow of a wall and then there was an opening. I was heading towards the opening and it was really funny. I'm getting closer to this opening and if you can imagine um, like a, a wall down the side, like say, say buildings on either side and then there's heads sticking around the corner going, oh, she's not supposed to be here and they're all giggling and laughing and they that they would it just felt like you were going home. It was it felt like my family, and none of my family had passed in that. I mean, obviously older family, but none right. of my immediate family had passed. So I, I knew I wasn't going home to my family, um, as in this physical life. But it felt like you were going home, and I was it really it was really exciting. It was a, such a lovely feeling, and they they're all laughing and 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 sort of giggling and. You could almost know that, no, she's not supposed to be here. She's going to get into trouble, sort of, you know, giggling, laughing type thing. And then it wasn't a booming voice and yet it was a booming voice. It wasn't a booming voice you hear. It was a booming voice in your head. It, it, and that that was like 
go back. You're not supposed to be here. And then I I came to um on I, I was on this bed. I didn't know we, we didn't even know we had a bed in the in the um in the lunchroom. But I was on this bed. Um, the doctor had given me an adrenaline shot. We had a, a surgery right beside the bank, and he had given me an adrenaline shot and brought brought everything back together again. So um, got the heart beating, got everything moving again. Um, so yeah, so I came to. I'd lost my bladder, which was really embarrassing, especially in front of your workmates. Um, and you know what? Within half an hour, oh, not even half an hour, probably fifteen minutes, I actually drove myself home. Like you would not be allowed to do that in this day and age. Sure. But I, yeah, I actually drove myself home. I didn't go back to work for another week or two because um, I just wasn't capable, wasn't well enough to. Um, but yeah, I I sort of drove myself home and and that was it. So that was that was my experience. But the the colours were the closest thing I could see say to colour was like a green sparkle, but it wasn't quite that colour. And then the the sound. It, it's really funny when you can hear sound without hearing it through your ears. That, yeah. Anyway, that yeah. I don't know what that means, but that's that's what it was. It was yeah. You could hear everything without hearing it, but the the feeling of peace, the yeah. feeling of oh, that it's just it's just gold. It's just amazing. Do you think you know when you saw all the TV screens or whatever screens with you know your memories and stuff? You know when people are. Some people have said, you know, your life flashes before your eyes, right before death. Yeah. Like that was kind of part of it. Yeah, it was. Right. But it, for me, it wasn't a flash, if that made sense. Right. Yeah. I, I, like I was there for ages. Like I was just chugging along. Woohoo. Look at me. Um, you know, and you could just sort of, the, the funny thing is, you saw them, you knew what they were, and you didn't, I didn't look any deeper. It was like, oh, okay, I know that. You know, you just didn't, I don't know, I don't know why, but I just didn't need to go any deeper than that. Just, it's just one of those things. You just, it just happens because yeah. it's supposed to happen that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, no um, reason. yeah, yeah. So I didn't see memories as in, you know, them flashing right. or anything like that. They were just these little screens, you know, but it was really funny to watch this fog become glitter and then become these little screens sort of all over the place. And you said, oh, look at that. I was more intrigued about what it looked like and how it was feeling rather than what was happening, if that if that makes sense. Yeah. Were your coworkers, were they talking about, you know, why you were, you know, not there? I mean, were they talking about if your body was just laying there? If we, was there anything going on? I mean. I, I, I have to be honest, um, Chris, I did not have an understanding of what had happened until probably 10 years later. Wow. Because I, I, I knew what had happened, but I never spoke about it. I never yeah. talked about it because it was like I put it down to a dream. I thought it was like a dream, but it wasn't until I read a book about near-death experiences that I went, oh, that happened to me. Oh, it wasn't a tunnel, but I saw my memories. And it was, you know, and somebody else took, because this book I read had like five or six different um, uh, case stories in it. And, and I could get an understanding out of all these different experiences these people had had. And that's when I realised, oh, that's what I had, and and I did find out that I was given an adrenaline shot to get my heart pumping again. So, you know, I want you know we talked I talked about it a little bit earlier in the podcast, but I wanted to tell you about my. I know this is not I've never had a near death experience or not the one that I know of anyway. But um, 
so my out of body experience though that I was 16 years old since you shared me with that uh, I'll show you with this and kind of maybe get your thoughts on it though um, 16 I was coming home from a high school football game I didn't play I was just there to my friends and hang out yeah so yeah it was my first car I think I'd been I've been driving for a few months I can't remember how long June. so at least six months or so um, so to get to my I don't the way it works here well like to get to my home for my high school, you had to go down this mountain, you know, and it was about 20, 30 minutes away just to get to my high school. Yeah. And, I go, and I had to go back up the mountain on my way home. So which I was doing, it was probably 10, 11 o'clock at night. And there was this really steep curve that you go through. And I was, you know, I was only going about 40, 45 miles an hour. I mean, honestly, like everyone thought I was speeding, but you know, I wasn't. So, yeah. and uh, the car that was coming up, uh, towards me on the other lane, it had his high beams on it. It blinded me. So I got, yeah. I got into the shoulder of the road and then I, I guess I panicked and I overcorrected my car, the steering wheel. And it caused my car to go into a, a 180 spin. And I went to the other side of the road and I believe it hit a ditch and I, and I flipped it, you know, and I landed on the yeah. roof of my car or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I was fine except just cut, cut some bruises. You know, they made me ride in the ambulance because they, I had, I had hair then, obviously, but uh, <laughs> they thought I had glass in my head, which that's what freaked me out the worst was that, uh, you know, the medical people got there. They're like, oh, no, he's got glass in his head. I was like, what? I don't feel like it, you know? And that's what was freaking me out. That's what they made me ride. My brother was with me. I got him out of the car and he was fine too. Just a little, I think he had a bloody nose and cuts and scrapes. But anyway, the whole point is, I remember when I went into that 180 that I was literally, like watching it happen, like on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like that was kind of like, you know, and I never put it together like an out of body experience, but I guess that's the best word for it. But like, it was literally just me watching my cars and like me watching myself in the car and it happening. And then all of a sudden, like, as I, I just remember the car landing and then I was kind of like, Whoa, you know, like, Oh shit, what happened? You know, like talking to my brother and like, Oh, we got, we got to get out of here, you know? And and I ever you know, and I told mom that and stuff, and she was kind of like, okay, you know, but she didn't really, she didn't brush it off, but she didn't really play into it either, and maybe because she didn't know, maybe she didn't know what to say at the time. But yes. I've yes. always had that memory, or I guess it's a memory with me, and I always wondered, you know, like, does anybody else feel stuff like that? Has that ever happened to anyone else? And I've never really, I don't know how many people I've told that. I've never told a lot of people, and I'm, I don't know yeah. why. I guess I'm, I don't know. If I'm, I don't really feel like I'm oversharing or anything, but. I guess it was kind of like I didn't want people to look down on me like, no, dude, that's you're an idiot. That's not how it could happen. It could never happen. So I guess that's why I never really told a lot of people. But yeah, I do. Yeah. I do remember that. It was like, it was so odd to me at the time. Just like, you know, was that just part of the whole experience? Just I didn't really know what was going on. Was I imagining it? And yeah. so, yeah, but I mean, it kind of like, you know, we've been talking. It's like, maybe there is something out there. It's got to be something, you know, it's weird. It's wild. I don't really know how to explain it other than that. It was just me watching myself you know, flip my car. Yeah. It, and and it's, I think, I believe because of my my situations as well, I think it's a way we, the, the, um, the soul protects itself or protects you. Because if you remember when you are away from your body, you were, we were always attached, like well, you'd say by a fine thread, but when you're out of your body, you don't have the emotional attachment that's joined to it. So it, it's a form of protection almost. When you're when you're seeing it happen as a third party, it takes away all that emotional involvement that that goes with it and allows you to uh, be able to cope with 
the um, traumatic situation. It allows you to cope with it a bit better. But, yes, you wouldn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it because I didn't understand what was going on. Exactly. It wasn't until the, all those years later when you start to hear other people's stories that you go, holy shit, that <laughs> happened to me, you yeah. know, like or something similar happened to me, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just like you were saying earlier, this would have been um, 16, 2002, somewhere around there. So podcasts weren't there. Internet was kind of still there. But, you know, I didn't really know. And I was from a very, very, very rural town, you know, no stoplights, just two little small general stores. You know, yeah. at town, it's more of a community, not even a town. Just, you know, everyone yes. knows each other. So, yeah, you know, I didn't know anything really about this type of stuff. And, you know, and we grew up, you know, we were... I wouldn't say we were religious, but we went to church and, but it was never really, you know, pressed down or pressed into me, you know, religion, you know, but it was kind of just more of, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, just be a good person. Don't steal, don't screw over people. You know, just kind of follow the 10 commandments, basically, as far as Christianity goes. But uh, yeah, so I didn't, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with it. And I guess, you know, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird telling people that then that's why I guess you never really want to, bring it up because you don't want to be the different person or the weird person, you know? So anyway. Well, also you, you don't, you don't want to bring it up because you don't understand it as well. Yeah, there you go. That's you, you, Like you say, you don't, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what it is, but you can bring it up to somebody like me that has, has experienced something like it because then all of a sudden it's not so weird. It's yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. You know, it had me thinking about it and, you know, I've, you know, till this day I got a small scar on my, finger right here from I guess when I was getting out of the car but other than that that's only kind of when I tend to think about it you know because you know now that's been roughly 16 20 years ago I don't even know how it was but yeah so yeah but it was I think it was just more the fact that you know I was one of the you know I don't know I don't know how to explain this it's just I didn't I didn't want to be that that person you know that seem to be a failure because you wrecked your car at 16, your very first car. And then all of a sudden, if you bring a story like this up, then you're looked at more of a, you know, the, an odd duck, I guess. So, yeah, I guess that's my whole point. So, (laughs) and I mean, look, it happens all the time where all these, these things that happen to us. And when I said to you at the beginning of the um, podcast, it's like when you start to reflect back, you do start to see things that you just didn't realise. And that's what happened to me when I started doing all the reading in the book and the research and everything like that. I started to look back at my life to get an understanding of it. And these sort of things become, oh, okay, aha moments, you know, like that has happened. This has happened, you know. So, yeah, it's quite surprising when you when you start to, yeah. to look. Hindsight's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, you know, when doing these podcasts and thinking about moments and stories like this and, you know, you kind of put your, or I do anyway, put my life experiences more in perspective, you know, that you know, I'm not the same person I was then 20 years ago and I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago, but you kind of, I don't know if it's the older I get, no more of when I'm doing my, you know, I try to read a book a month and I listen to a lot of podcasts and try to, try to stay pretty caught up on things that are going around, just have a small balance of it all, but it kind of helps you understand more, th- more and put things more into perspective. Like I said, you kind of understand like, okay, maybe this happened because of that. And, so, yes. yeah. And maybe it wasn't a coincidence, like I said earlier. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, if you talk about like manifestation or whatever, and it was like, you know, you know, I, I, you know, when I talk about it, it's like, hey, did that happen? Because I actually spoke about it and wanted it to happen. Or then all of a sudden it did happen and I'll just put it together like, oh, yeah, I, I, I did say that. And I knew it was going to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, again, yeah, and they're the, the questions I went through all those as well. Like those, you know, oh, look, I'll, I'll put, I'll do this. We we talk about it when we talk about connecting with your intuition or trusting your intuition. There's there's the three basic steps. So the first step is to ask. The second step is to receive, and then the third step is to action. So when do you ask for help or guidance? You can you can do it in in prayer form. You can do it in. Uh, Oh my God! What's going on? You're asking. Um, sure. You can you can do it just before you go to bed, where you go. You know, I really don't understand if I should do this or do that. Can I get some sort of a guidance? Can you give me some sort of a a sign or an understanding? And you go to bed, and you may have a dream, or you wake up and have a shower, and you get this aha moment. You know, yeah. so we always need to ask, and the main reason we need to ask, and that's why prayer is so strong. But the main reason we need to ask is when you ask, you become open. To receiving. If you don't ask, you're not going to receive. Or if you do receive it, you aren't aware of it because you've not become open to it. So the first thing you do is ask. And and when I was um, in my my situation, when I had that that uh, first um, out of body experience, I, I asked. I, I said, "How can what, what can I do? How do I do this? What you know?" And I was asking all these sorts of questions. So after that, then we start to receive the messages. And when we can receive messages, we can receive them as I've just looked down at the clock and it says 1111 for me. And that is like an angel number. So we we see, you know, and why? Why did I look at the clock at that particular time? That's the the intuitive messages you're getting, okay? So Uh you start to receive them. Yeah. Uh And you'll get you receive them as those. I know, I know I need to buy a, a lotto ticket. I don't want to, but I know I need to. Um, or you get them as um, I used to get them. My palms would go all blotchy, and it meant that it took me about a year and a half to work out what my blotchy palms meant. Um, I was doing a lot of healings in those days, and it meant that somebody needed a healing beside that was near me, and that's when they would go blotchy. So I got these physical signs to say, you know, from my intuition saying. There's there's something you need to do. So we start to receive all these types of messages. One of the hardest parts is understanding how you're receiving it, but the other hard part is action, actioning it, so getting an understanding of it. So with my blotchy palms, I had to ask people around me, does anybody want a healing? And that was really embarrassing when you're not really hanging out with people that you, you think you're hanging out with. <laughs> <laughs> but the other aspect I've done, and again, I'm, I'm the worst, I'm the theory tester. I've gone and I've got a deck of oracle cards and there's one yes and there's one no in an oracle card deck uh, in this particular one and I think there was like 54 or 56 cards. And I'm shuffling this deck up madly going, okay, I don't want a fluffy answer. I want a yes, no answer. Stop, you know, giving me these fluffy answers. I need a yes, no answer. I want a yes, no answer to this question. And anyway, pulled out a card and out of those 54 or 56, the yes came up. And I mean, like, is that synchronicity or is that, you know? So you sort of go, okay, but, you know, and of course I didn't action it, which I should have done and I found out the hard way. But these are the sort of things. We're getting these messages all the time and we, we, we might not be acting on them or we might not be understanding them to go forward. And I really don't think I answered your question because I can't remember That's what the fine. question was. <laughs> well, I mean, while you were talking, it's funny that, you you know, you said, 1111 because you know one of my first girlfriends you know she would always so you know yell out 1111 make a wish or whatever and until mm-hmm. today anytime that 
I see that number and it was just funny. You just even said 11, 11, like, you know, I still go back and like think about that, you know, and all those memories. And it's like, oh, you know, so yeah, like it's just you know, like a, a moment like that. It was kind of like, Oh wait, was it, what, you know, what was, what was that? You know? So, and I, and I, and I haven't even thought about that in a long time either, like years. So, I mean, it's been years since we dated. That was like high school, early college puppy love. So. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, I remember we were driving. I was driving with my partner recently and we'd been discussing something and I, I, I can't remember what it was we were discussing, but we're driving along and all of a sudden he goes, did you see that? And I went, no, I didn't see that. He said there was a billboard. It's exactly what we were talking about. And I didn't see it. We're both driving. Dirty, great big billboard up there. Yep, I didn't see it. Yep. His intuition has guided him that way. Driving along still at the same time. And all of a sudden, something came on the radio. And I went, oh, my goodness, did you hear that? That's about what we were talking about. And he goes, no, I didn't hear it. We're both in the same car. <laughs> and he didn't hear it. Really? That's how our, our intuition will work. He was more visual, needed to see it. I needed to hear it. And that's how, that's how it worked. And we were both in the same car driving down the same road. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know if it's a mystery. I guess it is a mystery how all this, you know, no one really knows how it works and can really put a foolproof God book out there to it all. But absolutely. Yeah. But it's, you know, little instances like that and stuff makes it, you know, fun. It makes it like, ooh, like, well, yeah, this, there is something to it. I mean, you know, it might not, you know, some people might say it's complete 100% fake, but it's got to be, there's got to be something, you know, right? It's got to be something out there. Not, you can't say it's like, you know, you can theory test all you want or whatever, but I don't think anybody could say it's 100%. Fake. Exactly. Exactly. It's got to be right. It's got to resonate with you. And yeah. and look, I've read lots of books and I, I've done a lot of theory testing and I've done stuff that I've just not bothered to do theory testing on because it either doesn't resonate with me or I, I don't need to. I just I just want to believe or trust, you know. So we're all different and we all work it the way we want to do it. And even the theory testing I do, it's my way. It's not science way. It's not, you know, how the university would do it. That's for sure. No, I agree hundred percent. With that said, Susan, I think we should uh take this one home on that note, you know, but end it on a it ended on a good note, you know. Yeah. Um, if you want to plug or anything that you people want to find you and all that good stuff, uh if you want to plug all that, how do they do that? And feel free to- um, my website is um intuitivenature.com.au. So it's an Australian business. Um, you've got to have the .au at the end. So intuitivenature.com.au. Um, the other thing I do is uh, I do I do life coaching, but I also do flower readings too. So that's a little bit um, different. But I've got online courses so you can learn how to do flower readings. And I can see your head going to the side. Yes. I don't know what that was. Yeah, I was going to before we got off here, I wanted to ask like what exactly, what is a flower reading? Um, well, you know, you've got card readers, you know, right. people that read cards and that, but they're, they're restricted to a deck of however many. Uh, I have, and, and life, you can do live flower readings, but you're again restricted with a live flower reading in the fact that what you've got available. So once the internet came on, I went, you know what, we can do flower readings on the internet. So if I said to you, think of a red rose okay. and you, you Googled red rose, how many millions of pictures of red roses would there be? Oh, millions, millions upon millions. Exactly. You got to pick one. If I use Google images, I'd probably pick one of the first couple rows that looks the best, I guess, right? 
So, so what I do when I'm doing this is I we, we do a guided, a little bit of a bright light meditation, and it's about your goals in life. So we start to get the emotional feeling of what it would be like to achieve that goal in life. So say you wanted to be a, a famous podcaster and you've got, it's bringing in money so you don't have to do any other work, you're doing what you want to do, meeting all these wonderful people, you get that lovely emotional feeling attached to it. And then I go to you, okay, that emotional feeling, how you're going to feel when you're this famous podcaster, what would that look like as a flower image? I guess a red rose. No, yours wouldn't. Oh, <laughs> Although it could be because you've got a red red background. Well, that, but, might, that might be changing soon, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what it does is like when, when you're doing it, a, a flower image will come to mind or a colour or a shape will come to mind. When I tested my own book theory, I because, I, again, I test, had to test my book theory. <laughs> so when I wrote the book, I tested the theory. The, the flower image that I was trying to get, the image that came to mind was pink and white and it was round. So I didn't get an actual flower. So I had to Google pink and white flowers until I found a flower that gave me the same emotional feeling. The image gave me the same emotional feeling and that was my flower image. Then we we read that picture. Uh, Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah, so we really did. Even with mine, I tried to change the shape of the picture and I lost the feeling so I had to put it back to where it was. Okay, that makes sense. I've never heard, I guess I missed that from you, but I've never heard that or heard of that before. So, yeah, it's just like, what is that? You know, so. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've got a couple um, on my uh, YouTube channel. I've actually just put a couple up from from guests that I've had on my podcast. And um, they said, oh, what's flowering? Can you can you do one? So I've done flower readings for them and I put them up on the YouTube. So if you want to get an understanding of it, because there's 16 elements in the, the flower image that you read. All right, I'll write me a little note here. And if you want to have a little meditation, decide how you what goal, emotional goal you want to get, find a flower that matches it. I'll do a flower reading for you, Chris. Okay, that'd be great. I think uh, <laughs> I will look into that for sure. Um, all right, cool. Well, th- well thanks for being here. Thank you. This was, this was fun. This was a great conversation. Uh, I loved it. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. Uh, anything else you need, need to plug or want to say before uh, we call it? Oh, enough? no, no. You, if you've got some stuff down the bottom, but yeah, no, I, I'm not here for the plugging. I mean, you can find me if you want to, but I'm here for the conversation and I just love it. Thank you great, so much. Great. For cool. That was great. Um, well, yeah, we'll just take it home on that. I appreciate you being here. Um, bye, everybody. Be good to yourselves and all that good stuff. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 